This is Legend. I'm Sam. I'm Amy. And we are a podcast about cryptids, urban legends, and the paranormal. Mm-hmm. And we both have trips to talk about. I'll let you go first. So I went to Buffalo, New York to see my grandparents. And and uh, we went down Holland Road. Ooh. Which... Go see the pig man. Yep, is a throwback to episode one, Pigman. So it was really fun. We went to Niagara Falls, which I've been to a million times in my <laughs> life, just because, you know, my grandparents have lived there my entire life. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful. And we got to see Canada, which we didn't go into Canada. You have to have a passport, I think, now. Yes. So we didn't go to Canada. My son really wants to go there. Me but too. I figured family it's trip. Amazing. Well, I'll go. Let's go. Go to Toronto and see some Broadway shows. How did Jamie and Val like seeing the giant waterfall? They loved it. Val terrified everybody involved the entire time. I'm sure. Expecting her to go flying off of it. Well, there's literally nothing. Like, I mean, there's a guardrail mm-hmm. that. A, a adult human can just climb between and go down so Val was climbing in between those and <laughs> my dad and I had to constantly be like get down like get down because no one's going in after you like it's not like the river experience um I will not be jumping in this time to save you I'm sorry you'll be I mean th- there's like almost no way yeah there's nothing to save anyway usually no so that was scary, but I had to, I, my anxiety was peaked anytime she went near, <laughs> but yeah, it was a good trip. And then we went to downtown Buffalo and saw some of the new things that they put in there. Cause I haven't been in a couple of years, like a decade almost. So they put in some new things down there and, um, yeah, the last time I went, I was pregnant with Val. So seven ish years ish yeah 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 but actual buffalo city longer than that we didn't go to buffalo city but yeah and then i saw the beach on lake erie and it was nice how was your trip okay so my trip was something (laughs) (laughs) It, it was great i loved getting to see the family and we took a really cute little generations photo with me and my aunt and my sister and my grandma and my cousin and my little or tiny baby cousin your second cousin yeah and so like that was great we went to worlds of fun we went up the tower at the world war one museum which i've already been but it's really pretty up there what made the trip something though was the amount of bad luck we had (laughs) (laughs) So we get there, it's like midnight, we go to our hotel, and my mom and dad have a separate room, me, Lindsay, and Josh had another room, and we walk into the room, and it smells like an ashtray. Yum. It is a non-smoking hotel, but the room smells like an ashtray. It was so bad, I had to douse my blanket with essential oils to be able to breathe enough to fall asleep. So someone clearly had to have been smoking. Oh, definitely in there. Like How'd they not 30 set off the something. fire alarms? I don't know, but 
but some I don't know. It was really bad. It was just our room, though. It wasn't like the hallway or anything. We're like, whatever. We manage. We wake up in the morning. I'm all pumped because I'm going to go have breakfast real fast and go swimming. And then I'm going to get ready and we're going to leave. I go have breakfast. I go to the swimming pool. It's closed. There's insulation in the pool. Why is there insulation in the pool? So so then I head back up to the room and I run into my sister and my parents and Lindsay didn't have breakfast because the, I think the front desk lady told me the wrong time. Probably. But Lindsay showed up at 9.01 and the doors were locked on her. And so my dad had to steal her an apple and that's all she had for breakfast. Oh, and then we decide to head over to the World War One Museum and go up in the tower. And that's all great and stuff. And then we kind of goof off and they have like these weird sphinx things outside that are like they have wings covering their face. I don't know if they're actually sphinxes, but that's what we call them. And we jump up there to take a picture with them and we get yelled at <laughs> for being on the wall through an intercom thing. What? You didn't tell me that. We're all kind of laughing and we we get off and we're like, well, that was fun. We got a picture anyway. And so then we start leaving and there's these little itty bitty like four inch steps that have like a three foot wide space in between them. And every other step has a watch your step in bright yellow tape on them. (laughs) Somehow my mom missed it, like completely didn't see them even though we had already gone up them. And she fell almost face first. I watched her head come like a half an inch from smashing on the concrete. Oh, that's terrifying. Uh, But she banged up her knee really well. And then the guy um, that was doing tours or something like that, he saw us and he came running over and he's like, don't move. We have to have security come up here and check you out. Oh, my God. <laughs> security had to come up there. They bandaged her up. We got a funny picture. And then they took her name and all that. And we were like, all right, let's uh, just go chill for a while, right? <laughs> so then Friday, because we flew in on, on a Wednesday. And so Thursday was World's Fun. Pretty much nothing bad happened that day. Except I did notice that I had lost my ID at some point. <laughs> good job yes you know when you're flying you need ids so it was oh i do know the first time not to interrupt you but the first time that i flew to come see you by myself after i moved to colorado i lost my id (laughs) and i had to go be put in a special little clear box where they pat me down very uncomfortably (laughs) we go to my grandma's house on saturday heading there my mom forgot her bag So, like, we had to add an extra hour to our trip to turn around and go get it. (laughs) Then we get to my grandma's, and this was my second day without one of my medications, my propanolol, which, like, for me, it controls my kind of my blood pressure, but mostly my pulse. And my pulse gets ridiculously high for no reason so Mm -hmm. without the propanolol I instantly got a really bad migraine and so I was really having fun but I was also really fighting not being sick because it was a pretty bad migraine I don't know how you do that I could not survive (laughs) like that I have adapted it is you're a beast like seriously (laughs) yeah so 
then that night we let's just say we didn't get much sleep we wanted sleep it just didn't work for us (laughs) so then the next morning we wake up and I still have the worst migraine ever I take a shower you know it's still there then we leave and then I realize I forgot my favorite hoodie at her house (laughs) so then Monday our flight back it gets insane I do not like it seriously you have some of the worst luck with airplanes i feel like (laughs) my flight's flawless no well this time so our first flight great you know good calm no kids just how i like it then our second flight we have a four-hour layover so that's cool whatever we go to get on the airplane and we're sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting And then like 30 minutes after everyone's boarded, they're like, we're having some technical problems. And they're like, it'll be just a moment. And so then we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And an hour goes by and they're like, we're having problems with our electric something or other. I already forgot what it was. Terrifying. Yeah. And they were like, the maintenance guy's working on it. It shouldn't be too much longer. (laughs) Get me the hell off of this plane. Well... Then I'm like, okay, this is cool. You just keep working on it. And then we get to about two and a half hours of sitting on this plane at the gate. Haven't moved an inch. And they're like, well, we might deboard you and find another plane, but we don't know. And then they come back like two seconds later and they're like, okay, we're getting off this plane. And then a couple of minutes later, she's like, just kidding. And then everyone's like, what the hell? And no one. Like, people are standing now with their luggage, and they're, like, getting ready to to get off the plane. And then she comes back, like, three or four minutes later again and is like, okay, I'm sorry. We are getting mixed signals. We are going to get on a new plane. (laughs) We're getting mixed signals. Lady, you better get your shit together. (laughs) Yeah. So almost three hours later, we finally get off this plane, and they give us a new gate, and they're like, it'll board in 30 minutes. So we go and grab food because now we're freaking starving after three more hours on a plane. And by the time we get over there, they're boarding. We're like, yes, sweet. So then we get on the plane and we're sitting there and we're sitting there (laughs) and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. They're still getting luggage transferred over. And so we're sitting there some more and then we're sitting there and no more luggage is going on the plane. You can see out the windows. There's no luggage going on the plane. So they're like, we don't have our refreshment cart. Who cares at this point? (laughs) Well, she tried to be like, well, it's not just for you guys. It's for the flight after two. So we need it. And we're like, whatever. And so we were sitting there for another hour on the plane Mm. after we boarded before we finally got in the air. For a cart. Yes. And it wasn't even like the gate was on the other side of the building. It was literally, we were at gate six and then we went to gate two. (laughs) (laughs) So Good Lord. Oh, oh, I remember. They went to the wrong plane before they got to our plane. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah. It was was a really good trip except for all the bad stuff. (laughs) Are you ready? For I am ready. This episode. It's been a while since we've recorded, it feels like. Two whole weeks. 
I know. Well, it doesn't doesn't happen often. <laughs> it doesn't. So today we have an urban legend with a hint of paranormal mixed in from Ooh. all the way over in India. To try and make this episode easier to listen to, I used Google pronunciations on almost every word. So I hope whoop, that I whoop. get them at least in the ballpark. <laughs> I'm rooting for yeah. you. Uh, I practiced a lot too. And I know that now that we're recording, I'm going to mess them all up. <laughs> it, it happens. We are talking about vanishing villages. India has a few villages that seemingly disappeared overnight. And we're going to discuss a couple of them. That sounds Awesome. I've never heard of that. Well, I mean, it's kind of like, um, what is that place? With the R. I almost called it Ragnarok, but that's a, that's a, that's one of those things with the. The only thing that's things. coming to my mind is Atlantis. Or Atlantis, not Atlantis. Atlantis? Like Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta, it's missing. Atlantis, Atlantis is one, kind of. What is it? It starts with an R and the American horror story. Roanoke. Oh, Roanoke. Okay. Yeah. There we go. So that's, you know, it's like along those lines. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. So the first is Koldara, which is located in Rajasthan, a state in India, about an hour drive from the city of Jaisalmer. Wow. You sound flawless already. Yeah, except Jay Salmer, I keep thinking that I'm saying it with a really rednecky accent. So I mean, probably <laughs> we are good old Americans. Yes, and I grew up in Missouri, so it does come out at times. <laughs> then we're going to travel twelve hours west to Bangar. Have you ever heard of Koldara or Bangar? Koldara actually does sound familiar. Bangor does too, but I don't know. I'm I'm not <laughs> super familiar with anything over there. That's good. Well, in 1825, the entire village of Koldara disappeared along with 84 other small settlements. All 1,500 inhabitants gone in the matter of a night. And everything was just left there? So it's kind of weird. I, nobody said anything about like pottery or anything being left behind but all the buildings are definitely there okay and sorry if i missed this what year is this 1825 1825 all right where did they go where did they come from why did they go <laughs> and what happened to their village I'm actually very curious. When I was typing that out, I did have Cotton Eye Joe stuck in my head. Yes. <laughs> but they weren't coming from anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they were going, all going. <laughs> to answer this, we are going to go back to 1291. The Palawal Brahmins traveled to Koldara and began a very prosperous life. Okay, wait, sorry. I just cannot get over that Brahmin is an actual word. Yeah. I thought that was made up for I, Fallout. I thought it was only cows, but I think it, it just is people. People? Hold on. I didn't Google it before, but I'll Google it now because it is very interesting. Brahman is a Varna 
as well as a caste within Hindu society. The Brahmins are designed as the priestly class as they serve as priests and religious teachers. That's what Wikipedia says. So it has... The cows in Fallout are priests and preachers? Hell yeah, they are. We milk them. (laughs) Wow. I'm very fascinated by that. I'm sorry to derail you from what you were saying, but I seriously was like, I can't... I did not know that was a real word. I thought it was just straight up a Fallout thing. That's funny because I always, like, I guess I had only ever heard it on Fallout, but... For some reason, it just made sense, and I just always pictured that was another name for cows. Yeah, I mean, I that's what I thought Fallout Fallout intended it to be. Yeah, but I guess anyway. I'm that's just crazy <laughs> interesting to me. So back to the story. They were extremely skilled in cultivating the super harsh, dry land of the desert. They engineered a rainwater collection system called Kadin that provided them with an excess of water. Each home would have enough water for a private well and plenty to grow crops with. Nice. They would build their homes to be well ventilated and to retain cool air throughout the scorching days. They also were very good businessmen. They lived many centuries in Koldara until the early 1800s. The story also has a few different routes from here. Would you like to hear the most popular idea of what made them disappear? Or would you like to hear some of the more one-off ideas first? Hmm. I think let's hear the most popular because I'm sure the most popular probably influences some of the one-offs. Just one of them. Okay, yeah, we'll go with most popular. Okay. So the most popular idea of what happened was a has a bit of an evil villain in it. Mm. Salim Singh. When he was a kid, his father was murdered in front of him, and that helped to shape him into the asshole he grew up to be. That's horrible. Yes, it is. But also, that happens to people sometimes. I hope not. Very often, but they don't become (laughs) assholes, so. This is a part of his villain story. When he got older, he gained the title of Daiwan. According to Google, it is a chief treasury official, finance minister, or prime minister in some Indian states. Now, to let you know just how much of an ass he is, he had it out for the king. He blamed him for his father's death. He decided that he was going to build a haveli, which is basically an awesome mansion. But his haveli was going to have two extra stories so that it was larger than the king's palace. Ooh, (laughs) that's some petty stuff right there. Also, do you know who murdered his father? Or does he know who actually murdered his father? So his father was also a daiwan. And the story that I read had mentioned like royalty involved in the murder so it could have you know directly been related to the king but this is some dumb ways to take a ven- mm-hmm. uh, revenge revenge <laughs> i i think i meant to say to avenge there you go that- either ways right yeah 
Either one, revenge, avenge, same thing. <laughs> so story goes that the king was angry and ordered the top stories to be demolished. <laughs> oh my God, this is like petty on petty. The building still stands in Jaisalmer and you can visit it today. It's called Salim Singh Ki Haveli. This guy was thought of as corrupt, so much so that one of the articles I read referred to him as Zalim with a Z instead of an S like his name has, which means cruel person, tyrant in Islam. It was meant to be, bro. Yeah. So the story of why they left has a lot to do with this guy. It's said that he became infatuated with the 16-year-old daughter of the village head. He demanded her hand in marriage and gave them a day to think about it. Wow. (laughs) He told them that if they denied him, he would raise their taxes or worse. Some articles implied violence. Good Lord. (laughs) The village head called council with the leaders from the other villages, and they all decided that since it was against their ways to marry outside of the Palawas, and that they didn't want to pay the extreme taxes threatened, they were going to scatter. Kamal Singh Bhatti, a member of the Jasalmer Development Society, had an idea that is kind of an an extended version of this idea. He said there was a trade route that used to intersect Jasalmer that was very prosperous for the state of Rajasthan. Of Rajasthan. <laughs> My tongue stopped moving. <laughs> <laughs> However, a more efficient route through the water was found. Losing the income from the trade route, the minister then decided that he was going to overtax Koldara and at the same time took notice of the girl and wanted to marry her. In his version, the king gave them two month notice. And by the end of the two months, they discussed options with other settlements and all decided to disperse from the area. So that's the main idea. So they just left because they didn't want to marry off their 16-year-olds? Pretty much. Can't blame them. Yeah. And they didn't want to be charged an outrageous amount of money. That wouldn't even matter to me. I'd be like, you're not marrying my (laughs) (laughs) 16-year-old. Well... You know, back then, 16 wasn't like 16. 16 was like 20 because everybody died at 30, right? So Right. True, <laughs> true. So, on to the little guys. A very simple thought is that drought might have been to blame. If they were relying on rainwater to fill their wells and water their crops, maybe they just didn't get an adequate amount one year and had to bounce. That makes sense. With how highly the Kadin system was talked about, I don't know if I would believe this one, though. They almost seemed like doomsdayers with the amount of water that they could store with the system. <laughs> That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. It's still used today, even. so. Wow, yeah. that is really awesome. <laughs> In one article, there was a school teacher that gave their input... They basically said that the Palawas were too good and succeeding at life too much. The local kings took notice and bothered them until they split. Why would they do that? They didn't go into detail about how they bothered them. So I'm not on board with this one either. (laughs) Yeah, but why? Why would you be like, you're doing good. Goodbye. 
I don't know. I didn't get That's it. Strange. My neighbors' loud children bother me, but I'm not about to abandon my apartment because of it. <laughs> Some people do. <laughs> Some people cannot stand their neighbors. True, but I am not breaking a lease. <laughs> The next theory might be my favorite just because it is so absurd that it could be real. So in this one, they were running from conflict in a different area before they ended up settling in Koldara. Centuries go by and they are doing so well for themselves that locals take notice and get jealous. Kind of like the kings. Okay. I feel like that is more of a reason. Yeah, like locals because mm -hmm. you know kings who cares if they're prosperous they're kings yeah their kings are prosperous too <laughs> mm -hmm. so the locals started harassing them knowing that the palawas are extreme vegetarians they contaminated their wells with animal carcasses that's horrible obviously disgusted and without fresh water source they left Wow. Yeah. That would be awful. That would be awful. There is also the theory that Salim Singh just upped their taxes because he could, and they just didn't want to pay it. Don't blame him on that. <laughs> Whichever theory is correct, there is more to the urban legend. Upon leaving their beloved village, they placed a curse on the land. The curse made the land barren and unable to sustain inhabitants. It is also said that if you tried to live there anyway, you would be plagued with paranormal activity. Ooh, my favorite kind of activity. Yeah. Depending on who you ask, the place is extremely haunted or not even in the slightest. Sumaram lives just outside of Koldara and says, quote, these are all just myths. Many visitors ask me about ghosts, and I do not know who told them about this. I never encountered any such experience. Hmm. <laughs> Almost sounds like a robot saying that, though. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> there is no ghost here. Nuh-uh. <laughs> no, never. Go away. <laughs> Kamal Singh Body, mentioned before, is also pretty adamant that the place isn't haunted. However, the founder of the Indian Paranormal Society, Reverend Gwarav Tori, believes otherwise. He said to Gulf News, quote, We have organized several night campaigns at Koldara. Though we survived the nights, one can't deny that something unusual happens there. Disembodied whispers, screams, noises are common at dark hours. Why does that feel wrong? Disembodied whispers, screams, and noises and are common at go. dark hours. There is no and in the quote. Just, just another. Just, <laughs> well, there should have been. been. In one of those brackets, you know, because those brackets mm -hmm. are what should have been there. Anyway, many of our members have witnessed apparitions, heard footsteps, experienced unusual touch, and so on but no one has been harmed or hurt in any of our expeditions there. Now, my question is, what are they screaming about? 
I don't know. There's no, was there a massacre of any kind? No. Like, what? what is happening? Technically, nobody should be there. It's just that the curse says that there's paranormal activity. It doesn't specify that it is ghosts, exactly. Hmm. Interesting. But he's kind of saying that it's ghosts. Mm-hmm. He also spoke of having high EMF readings, temperature variations, and child-sized handprints that would appear on the vehicles right in front of their eyes. Creepy. But I want to know why. Yeah. Like, what is this? Yeah. I mean, unless their curse was to call in spirits from other locations. Oh, question. So who who cursed it? The people. Was it the people who left? Yes. Okay, because I was I was thinking, well, if Salim Zalim? Salim. Salim. Salim Keen. Solemn Singh. Solemn Singh. <laughs> the, I did not look up these words. <laughs> I've never heard them until just now. I was thinking if he cursed the land, then maybe he cursed it so that the people who fled had to come mm, back. Nope. And then I would be screaming. But no, if they cursed it. They cursed it ooh. because they didn't want anybody else to move in and be right. profitable or successful in their in their village. Right. That makes sense. They didn't want the king to ever make money off of the land again. That makes sense. Yes. But unless their curse like was specifically calling in spirits, I don't know why there would be children touching cars and disembodied screams and all that stuff. So Yes, exactly. Tori says that many people from surrounding villages are scared of Koldara and have had many terrifying experiences in the village. They believe that when the sun goes down, the supernatural roams the deserted village. Because of this, they are extra diligent about locking up the area at 6 p.m. every day. The village is now a heritage site by the Archaeological Survey of India. I'm going to cut it out, but just so you guys know, it took me 30 tries to say archaeological. (laughs) Anyway. They have restored a temple and several houses with plans to bring the town back to full glory. They do open the town to tourists every day, but like I said, the gates are promptly closed at 6 p.m. There is one more fun fact about the city. Kamal Singh Bhatti said, quote, that was loud, sorry. In 1997, there was a house in Koldara where a Japanese archaeological team, yeah, Found gold and other <laughs> expensive items. Ooh. The government took possession of the items. Oh, of course they did. To him, there is no doubt that there is probably more buried treasure in the area. Let's go. I think just the idea of more buried treasure should bring Josh Gates in on this one. I agree. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, it would. As for where they went, they did not just evaporate. There are small groups of Palawas located throughout India. Each separate village had different skills they had perfected, so it's believed they used these skills to scatter throughout India and build new lives. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Were they ever able to trace back a lineage or something like that? Uh, I think from what I read, 
some people still call themselves Palawas. Mm, so okay. they're definitely still out there. They're just in different spots. My question is, how did 1,500 people leave in the middle of the night with nobody noticing this huge crowd? Yeah, that is a lot of people. Maybe. They're extra magic, and they just poof, and then just resurfaced where they wanted to be. They rematerialized. Mm-hmm. So that is all I have for Kuldara. But before we move on to Bangar, I have a couple side notes for you. First, it is hard for me to say Palawas without changing it to Padawan. I knew it. <laughs> I was thinking that the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> so yay me. I didn't do it. I said Palawas every time. Second, this one's darker. The article with Gulf News where they had interviewed Reverend Guarov Tori mentioned that he had died under mysterious circumstances just before they had published the article. Ooh. I did some digging. Not too much, though. <laughs> but apparently, he was found lying on his bathroom floor gasping for breath. His wife drove him to the hospital, but he died before they could intubate him. He was found with a black ring around his neck, which he had spoke about before to friends and family about the black marks that poltergeists would leave on their victims. Wait, so it was like drawn on his skin, like not an actual ring? No. Or it was like a mark of some sort? Nobody like talked about it. Exactly. They mentioned it, but they didn't describe it. So they kind of made it seem like it wasn't like drawn on, Mm -hmm. but it was like a bruise or something, but like real thin. So my, my personal take on this, either somebody asphyxiated him using a garrote or something, or it was paranormal or somebody hated him, knew he was saying shit about the black ring or whatever, and made the mark on him to freak out his family, which is fucked up. Well, the Paranormal Society was saying he had brought home an evil entity from his last ghost hunting job the night before that had attacked and strangled him. Of course, Mm -hmm. the authorities weren't down for that idea. So I read a couple articles that said they suspected homicide at first, but then ultimately it was deemed a suicide. Okay. How though? See, I don't understand that because they definitely said the cause of death was asphyxiation. Mm -hmm. And one article even said that he had hung himself. But if he hung himself, how was he laying on the floor and what was around his neck? Yeah, where is that? Yeah. Hmm. But apparently him and his wife were having marriage troubles. Something about his wife wanting him to have a real job. And maybe... Excuse you, woman. That is a real job. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe there was a hint of infidelity. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, can't blame her. I... Unless it was her that was... No, it was him. Supposedly. Oh, okay. Supposedly. It was probably him and a ghost. Who knows? Allegedly. Yeah. It was him and a ghost? Is that what you (laughs) said? (laughs) I don't know about all that. Uh, I just 
thought the circumstances around the death were weird enough but i should tell you so very so now we're on to bangar bangar fort is in the alwar district of jisalmer about 12 hour drive from kuldara in 1573 damn yeah a while ago it was so long ago my voice just squeaked like i was going through puberty (laughs) i can't even fake a squeak in 1573, insert dam, <laughs> the Bangar Fort was built by Raja Bhagwant Singh for his youngest son, Maddo. Maddo? I, that's what I got as the pronunciation, but it is most definitely spelt like Madho. Yeah, I, I remember you sending that to me earlier today, but... If it's pronounced Maddo, that's kind of cute. I like that. It is kind of cute, but my autocorrect kept wanting to change it to Macho. (laughs) Macho, Macho Man. (laughs) Maddo had a son named Chater, who had a son or stepson, no one was very clear on that, named Ajib, and a daughter named... This one, every time I've said it, I fucked it up. Ratnavavi. Ratnavavi. Ish. I think you did it great. <laughs> Ajib ended up building a fort not too far away called Ajibgar. This is what seems to be known as true. The daughter might not have actually existed. It's kind of hard to tell. But Raja, Chedar, Mado, and Ajib definitely were real people. Okay. Okay. Like Koldara, there are a few different stories. Also, the main one has to do with unrequited love or lust mm-hmm. in these cases. It is said that Ratnavavi was a gorgeous and well-liked princess. She had turned down many marriage proposals, but they... Damn, girl, you get it. You fight for that independence. <laughs> you don't need no man. No, not at all. She was probably like... 13. (laughs) Okay, you definitely don't need a man. What you need is school and contraception. Probably. A tantric priest, not like tantric sex, but like... Okay, because that's exactly where (laughs) my mind was I knew that was where your mind went, but it's some part of Hinduism or Buddhism. It's very complicated, and I don't want to offend anyone trying to explain their religion, so just something with that. Okay. Okay. And it's not dirty. No. Anyway, it is believed this tantric priest was heavily into black magic and might have been a necromancer. Ooh. For those of you that don't know what necromancer. See, the normal words, the ones I say all the time, I can't say today. (laughs) For those of you that don't know what necromancy is, it is the practice of communicating with the dead. And there's a whole bunch of different levels and alterations Mm -hmm. to that. It gets pretty wild. The priest fell in love with the princess, but knew she would never love him back. Sad day. Because she's 13. (laughs) Maybe. Allegedly. She might have been 20. Who knows? But I doubt it. Yeah, me too. It's always the young ones. Back then, especially. One day, the princess's maid was in town purchasing perfume oils for her, and the priest used this as his moment to cast a spell. 
He put a spell on the oils so that when she used them, she would fall madly in love with him and they would be married. When the maid returned with the oils, the princess could tell something was off and threw it out the window. Good girl. (laughs) One version says the oils turned into a boulder. Another version says they hit a boulder. I'm going to say it hit a boulder. Mm -hmm. It makes more sense. Either way, the boulder went flying down a hill and managed to hit the priest. As he was being crushed to death, he used... I mean, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit, bro. (laughs) Karma. As he was being crushed to death, he used his last breath to place a curse on the princess, her family, and the entire village. That's rude. What the entire village do? Existed. Within a year, the Bangar Fort went to battle against the Ajab gar fort the entire army was wiped out along with the princess and her family because of the curse they cannot be reborn and are doomed to haunt the fort for eternity that's really sad yeah but now we know where the haunting people come from on this one yes always good to know (laughs) The other story sounds like something a grumpy old version of myself might do. (laughs) Bangar Fort is built on a hill. It said that when Raja had found the hill, there had been an old hermit, future Amy, living (laughs) on the hill named Guru Balu Nath. Raja had asked the hermit for permission to build and he received the okay as long as he didn't cast a shadow on the hermit's home let me guess he cast a shadow on the hermit's home no raja agreed and was very successful at keeping his word well that's a nice twist to these stories however Uh, uh, okay spoke too soon (laughs) down the line when ajib had taken control of the fort he had added either columns or possibly a heightened wall it didn't the you know different versions either way he ended up casting a shadow on the hermit's home and so he placed a curse on the fort well i would too it isn't exactly said what happened to the people with the curse but apparently it wasn't good And they either ended up leaving or perishing in the fort. A curse usually is not good. Usually you don't curse someone to be burdened with a million puppies or something. I don't know. A million puppies. be a lot of work. Oh, puppies are the best. They would chew up everything. I had one puppy who took a bite out of the side of my house. I would (laughs) let them chew up everything just so they would snuggle me. And if they're puppies, they got that puppy breath. Gross. Don't tell me. Puppy oh, breath is no. so nice. It's not Ew. Awesome. You can so tell you're more of a cat person. <laughs> <laughs> if you were a true dog person, you'd be like, puppy breath. Nope. No, thank you. <laughs> well, one side effect of the curse is that none of the homes can have a roof. Every roof in the village has caved in. 
Wow. Some say. Do you think they just had a really bad contractor? I say that later. Oh, oopsies. <laughs> hey, Every but time, we, man. we were on the same line, the same wavelength. Wavelength. <laughs> wavelength. Yeah, yep. yeah. Some say that when they would try to repair a roof or rebuild one, it would cave in and kill them. So maybe everyone just died from the roofs collapsing on them because of the curse. That's horrible. That would suck. The more plausible explanation for the town disappearing is that since Ajib had already built a new fort, most people moseyed on over there. And the few that remained behind became victims of famine in 1783. Well, that sucks. This theory does make a lot of sense. But what about the roofs? And then this is when I was going to make the joke about the contractor. (laughs) (laughs) So the roofs, the roofs, the roofs are on fire. The roofs are caving in. The roofs are caving in. That's a throwback. (laughs) Anyway, the shit this word again. (laughs) The archaeological? That one survey of India has (laughs) opened the fort to tourism. They have the same signs as they do at Koldara, telling that the park is closed after 6 p.m. People don't listen to the signs as well over here, however. And it's said many people have gone missing when staying the night here. Like legit? I couldn't find anything saying for reals, but I did see someone post something on Reddit that said, you know, they go missing because of tigers sometimes over there. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, you know, well, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So <laughs> because of all the missing people and a little bit of vandalism. If you are not a resident of India, you have to get granted a special permit to visit the area. That is really interesting. Yeah, so I'll never be there because I am too lazy to do that. Same. One popular story of the area of people staying overnight is about three guys. Even though they were using flashlights, one of them ended up falling into a well. The other two saved him and managed to get him to the car to take him to the hospital. Unfortunately, on the way to the hospital, they were in a brutal car accident and they all ended up dying. Oh my god. That's horrible. None of that's actually verified. And it's probably just a local legend to add to the eeriness of the fort. Probably, but still, geez. Yeah, real bad. Whether or not it is haunted or cursed, many visitors feel a sense of uneasiness or high levels of anxiety when they're visiting well if you think you're gonna get eaten by a tiger i feel like i would have high levels of anxiety too true yeah i could not find any personal experiences for either one though so that's what i got for the legends today um well it's very interesting. What are your thoughts on Koldara's stories? I feel like they probably just left. I don't understand the haunting. I'm I'm going to be skeptical on this one and I'm going to say I doubt it's haunted. Yeah. 
I don't understand how it could be haunted. I mean, sure, Me maybe there's a curse and the land won't grow anything and yes. you can't retain water or whatever, but I don't see how it's haunted. Yeah. I just, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. The second one. Bingar? I could see some haunting. Yeah. I could see that. Especially that first curse when they can't be reborn. That's a really big part of their religion. So they can't mm-hmm. be reborn. They're just stuck. And also, if they get eaten by tigers, that's very traumatic. <laughs> and I'm sure that their souls would be there. Probably, yeah. <laughs> that would terrify me. I'd probably die of a heart attack before the tiger actually kills me. Mm, Knowing me, I wouldn't die of the heart attack because that would be too easy. (laughs) (laughs) So what about the weird shit-o-meter? Where would you put them? Are you going to put them separate or together? No, together. I'm going to go with like a two. Oh, wow. That one, I I don't feel like it's very, parent, like, I don't feel like there's a lot of paranormal stuff, if that makes sense. Well, it's not a paranormal story. It's an urban legend. Okay, so then a three. <laughs> I could see it definitely being an urban legend, but as far as, like, weird things, it seems typical. See... I think I would give them a solid five mm. because I am looking at them only as the urban legend side. Okay. And they aren't exactly mind melting, but they seem to have some fairly unique details to their stories. Like, you know, a boulder smushing a guy after a oil was thrown on it. A perfume. I do like her badassery. Yeah, yeah. However, if it's true, she she died in battle or right after or something like that. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. I'll bump it up to a four if I can include the story of the guy with the black band around his neck. The black ring. Sure, why not? It doesn't really have anything to do with them, but sure. I know it doesn't. He went there. But it was that one, I'm like, hmm, (laughs) scratching my chin. That's a mystery. Yeah, (laughs) that's funny. So what do you guys think? Have you been to either one? Got a ghost story about the place we need to know? Do you have a rating for the weird shitometer? We haven't mentioned it before, but on Tuesdays, I've been posting the weird shitometer on our Instagram stories to see what you guys think it should have been rated. And you can actually like slide the little bar thingy and it works yes. and it tells us, which Sam, is really cool. Sam does not spend a lot of time on Instagram, so those things amaze her. <laughs> they It really did. She was like, try this. And I did it. And I was like, What? <laughs> Can you see the result? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. It's pretty dope. As always, don't forget to tell us your own personal weird shit. Yes. Like the time you tried out for a cheerleader and every new person to the team came down with mysterious ailments until finally the last alternate was able to be on the team. 
Then you find out that her mother was actually using witchery to take over her body and to curse all of the people before her on the tryout list so that she made the team. I know that one, but I cannot think of it. Buffy. <laughs> oh, okay. What about the time you and your friends got an old camera that takes pictures of things before they happen? Or that time your son accidentally brought a dragon back to life and the magic cleaners came and took him and took the memory of him ever existing away from everyone and you and your sisters had to cast a spell to get your memories back and then go strike a deal with the cleaners to get your son back. Well, you can do all of that amazing things by writing us on our website because we have a form and you can see all of our episodes, pictures, sources, all of that kind of stuff. There's even a picture of us on there if you are curious. You can do that at thisislegendpod.com or you can write to us directly at our email address at thisislegendpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on our social medias at Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at This Is Legend Pod. Keep it spooky, classy, and sassy. But most of all, keep it legendary. Wait. What? And one more thing to say. Oh. Clap for Amy because she did a really good job pronouncing all of those <laughs> words that we don't typically speak. I'll clap. Bye. Noodles. <laughs> <laughs>